and welcome to another edition of The Empty Parlor. This is episode 64, and I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff Lynch. And I'm the other co-host, Matt Lamb. Man, so what are we going to be talking about today? Something about theoretical physics or some shit that we have no business talking yeah, about? Yeah, boy. <laughs> I fucking read a book, and now I'm knowledgeable. I'm a fucking... I'm basically a fucking genius now. Fuck, is that all it takes is one book? Yeah, I mean, in America, probably. Yeah, I guess according to Joe Rogan, it's just you like listen to somebody say four sentences and all of a sudden you're a subject matter expert. So that's how that works, right? I'm trying to cut out pork, <laughs> so I stopped eating hamburgers. <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny. Well, it's ham's in the name, so I mean, I don't know about that. Look it up, Jamie. <laughs> so fucking funny. Oh, good God. I think I heard somebody on a podcast talking about making a podcast based entirely, or it might have been you. I can't remember. I just I remember I was in a conversation with somebody talking about how there's a podcast pitch where it's just purely like a podcaster talking completely nonsense and then telling their like comptroller to Google shit. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I've not. I've. I, I did not have that idea, but that that's great. I like that. <laughs> I think. It, oh, I think it might have been. I think it might have been Jim Gaffigan talking oh, about nice. just like completely like straight faced lying about something and then telling them to google it and then just like moving on as soon as they figured out it's wrong <laughs> it's like yeah so uh today i learned that uh if you eat worms then you just you get a lot str- it's like steroids so like that's why people don't eat worms uh you want to google that for me uh, yeah, it's definitely not true. 100 percent false. <laughs> oh well, no worries. It's just like <laughs> just patently wrong information. I, well, no, I listened to a podcast with Jim Gaffigan today. Um, I was, it was actually the Mark Norman and Sam Morell podcast. Uh, nice. Uh, they might be drunk. And I found out that uh, weird enough, Jim Gaffigan didn't always used to work clean. I have heard that too, and he kind of made a uh, made a decision to work clean, and then he got his like insane stellar fame. Yeah, so, like yeah, he wanted to be more like uh, he wanted to be more like David Tell. Like he, when he was starting out, he was saying that he wanted to be like David Tell, which is oh, wow. wild to me. Yeah, like it's so crazy that like because uh, David Tell is just such a fucking beast that like I didn't even consider that like somebody like Jim Gaffigan, who's like a fucking major comic, would be like, yeah, I wanted to be like David Tell. Like I was like, holy shit! Like that just shows the power of David Tell. Is like he's so fucking funny. I don't even know what David Tell's doing these days, but I think we talked about it on another podcast, but I like, grew up watching that um, Late Night with David Tell. Is that what that was called? Is he, yeah, he's, I, I just, I, he, I think he, yeah, he was like a late night fucking Comedy Central guy. Yeah. And like, it's so wild to me. Like, there are so many people from Comedy Central that like, I didn't even realize were like, just these crazy names like Kyle Kinane was the voice of Comedy Central that I and I found that out and like that blew my mind like these oh, names yeah. and I grew to like and then eventually realized that I'd like actually already liked them in like earlier parts of my life that I didn't even like think about yeah I, uh I Kyle Kinane is fucking hilarious at least from what I can recall <laughs> dude he's Kyle Kinane is one of my favorite comedians I'm really bad at listening to stand-up comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I still am obsessed. Like, I'm not as obsessed as I used to be, but that's because, like, I started to get more afraid of accidentally stealing bits. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's another thing. It's like you got to balance out 
well, if you really want to write your own original stuff, then it's going to bleed in if you're just sitting there listening to stand-up comedy all day long. And then you like later on in the night, you think about this idea, but it's directly ripped off of somebody else. Yeah. Like you take like three lines from them and then you turn it into your quote unquote own thing. And uh, somebody's like, eh, you're doing someone else's bit. Yeah. Surprise. Actually, that is definitely like, and it's weird. Cause like, it won't even necessarily be even the joke. Like that's another fear of mine. It's like, it's one thing to accidentally steal a joke, but I'm also always afraid of stealing like somebody's cadence or like a rhythm on a joke where it's like, yeah, you just changed the words, but the beats are what made that funny. And you took the beats. Like that's stuff that I'm still afraid of where I'm like, I could have fucked up and like stolen like a pacing from somebody that, or like a like a certain phrasing of a word, like not even necessary. It could be a completely different topic, right. and somebody could point it out and be like, "That's just Jesselnick." Like that's my biggest fear is, like I used to work a lot around Jesselnick. I like Jesselnick was funny enough who I wanted to be when I started, mm-hmm. like, and then I've kind of moved away from Jesselnick toward more like, I would say I, comparatively probably closest to like a, uh, uh Matt Jim Lamb. Norton. Yeah, well, Jim, oh, yeah. No, Jim Norton. I would say <laughs> yeah, I'm closest to Jim Norton. Like, yeah, like unapologi- unapologetically talking about yeah. uh, just everything. <laughs> just gr- and just gross shit. Like, yeah. I, I, I've, I've fully leaned into it because for a while I was like, I don't like I, – I, I had been like not necessarily shamed, but like there's such a taboo about doing like toilet humor and like gross out jokes because it's like, oh, that's easy. And I'm like, but what if I write like a really funny poop joke? Like, why can't I do that? <laughs> No, you can. I mean, it'll work if it works. It's just people are like, poop is like this. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> poop is like, <laughs> I'm like poop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get the hell out of here. I have had it, uh, been sitting at like open mics and watching people that, you know, I don't really see them come back, but I distinctly remember a couple times where somebody pitches a bit and, you know, you know they kind of bumblefuck through it. And in my head, I'm like, that is someone else's fucking joke. I heard that <laughs> not long ago. Like, I feel like I heard that on a podcast or something. And you are directly stealing from this person and you're trying to get laughs in a fucking open mic. Wherein, you know, an open mic is kind of like an audition, at least to a little, to a small extent, where it's like people see you and they're like, this guy's the shit. Let's get him on a regular show. Where if you're stealing other people's bits and they don't realize it, then who the fuck are you? Yeah. It's also, that being said, though, if you're running, if you're running shows and you're like, not that I feel like you need to like know every piece of comedy, but like. I feel like once like once you're at the level where you're running open mics, your encyclopedia of fucking comedy should be so fucking vast that you should like know when somebody else is running other people's material, I feel like. Not all of it all the time, obviously, that'd be insane, but like I feel like generally open mic people, like open mic runners or like showrunners generally are good at being like, "Hey, wait a minute." Like I've definitely mm-hmm. cuz I feel like once you get to that cuz open mic level, you you're still kind of at that point where you might just fucking quit. I feel like once you get to the point where you're running shows, you're so fucking deep into comedy, like you're balls deep that mm-hmm. you've probably seen like every fucking special on Netflix and like pe- and then like found the people you liked on Netflix and went and found their albums and like because that's what I fucking did is I went nuts. Like once I figured out that I because I'd I'd always liked stand up, but like once I figured out I liked stand up like that, I was like this is my shit. Yeah. Then I, I watched every fucking Netflix special that I felt like I could fucking stomach. And then if I really liked somebody, I'd go and find their fucking albums. Like, like, like Jessel Nick, like I like, he's got his two or so on Netflix. I think it's like two or three. I think it's only two, but he's got yeah. his two on Netflix. And then he has Caligula, which is just an album. And Caligula is so fucking funny too. But like, I feel like a lot of people probably haven't heard Caligula. 
I don't think I have. I haven't really uh, gotten into a lot of Jesselnik stuff. It's not really my style of comedy. It's kind of like set up and gross out or like set up and shock. And I don't know. He's very funny. Don't get me wrong. And he's very clever and he's great. But it's yeah. just not my style of comedy that doesn't ring a bell with me. Yeah. But still, he's he's good. I, Whereas, I like, personally been listening to stand up my whole fucking life and thought it was normal. And I didn't really realize that not everybody just mostly listens to stand up. <laughs> These days, yeah. I don't really listen to it a lot anymore. Probably for the like consciousness of not trying to take other people's ideas. Although, oh, yeah, probably should still listen to that to keep my you know, ear to the floor about what's going on and like how things are going. It definitely keeps you sharp. Like I definitely noticed that I write better after like watching or listening to good stand up. Yeah. Like I remember the best joke I've ever written was like on the way to an open mic. Cause I, I, it was an open mic going on at like eight and mm-hmm. I got home from work at like five or whatever. And I just threw on a Jessalyn like special to like pass some time and then on the way to the open mic, I wrote one of my all-time best fucking jokes. Like, Fuck yeah. Just be- yeah, like that was when I wrote my fucking uh, drunk driving joke. Nice. I love that joke. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's. I would consider that's probably my best joke, I would think. Like, I would say on paper, probably my best joke. Dude, speaking of good jokes, uh, something that like always makes me scratch my head is that I think everybody that's been going to open mics for a couple years and have seen people come in and out, but there's uh, like... Well, this is a real person, but we'll just say it's fucking Johnny Two Hands or something like just Johnny, a random person. Johnny Two Hands. <laughs> I got two, hey, I got two hands over here. <laughs> no, it's not Johnny One Hands. It's Johnny Two Hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but uh, I've seen somebody that was like you know that they're, they're just a typical open micer where they get like you know sometimes they'll do okay. But then one time this particular person, you might it might ring a bell, but like they just had this like killer joke that was like genuinely funny. They ran it a few times and it's like, wait, where the fuck did this come from? But then they after that joke, they didn't have anything else. And I'm like, was that stolen? Did you take that from somebody somehow? Or did you just have like a moment of the muse coming into your brain and you wrote this great, great bit that you performed really well? But then other than that, I haven't heard this person do a single fucking good thing that made me laugh. You, you kind of get those flash in the pan moments sometimes. And like, yeah, the thing is, is like, you got like, there are so many, it's weird. Cause like, there are so many people that like do stand up comedy and just aren't good at it. Like not necessarily locally. I feel like there's a lot of talent locally, but like, I just mean like based on just what I'm hearing all over. And then just also just having been to like, a, like around and just also like interacting with people on Facebook. Like there are a lot of people who do comedy that just kind of suck. So it's yeah. just interesting when somebody like has a pop like that and you're like, why can't you write like that all the time? Like, not that I'm like that good level, like, cause I, I can't write a fucking, like if I could do it, if I could write the, as good of a joke as I did every time that I wrote that fucking drunk driving joke, like I'd be a fucking, like, that's a good joke. If I could write like that every time I fucking would, but like, I can yeah. at least, I can still write pretty well. Whereas like sometimes somebody like pops something off that is like so outside of their, their norm that you're like, that's not. That's not you, but it is you. Like what? Like what did you? Whatever you just did, like figure that shit out. Yeah, and it's like, did anybody come up to you and talk to you about this, or like, is it just like expected that you know that this is such a good joke, where it's like, okay, I hope he knows that he needs to keep doing this kind of thing, or it's like everyone's like, I don't know, I don't know if I trust that uh, you actually came up with that or not, because that's kind of where I am with this uh, particular person. Like even like interacting with this person like in general colloquially, I'm like you're not that funny of a guy. But then that joke was <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> like I don't know, it's it's a weird situation. But you might be right. The flash in the pan thing makes makes a lot of sense. Where somebody could just have you know a moment of greatness and then it just kind of fades away. Maybe it'll come back someday. Who knows? 
and you just hope because sometimes like there's definitely times where i've seen people and they like get that good thing and i'm like good good like another like yes like some you're figuring it out and then they just like lose that grip and you're like no what the fuck like you you had a grip on something what the fuck happened yeah, it's like they, they talk about this like very particular subject that people don't really think about, make a really good joke off of it, and then they go back to like, I don't know, something stupid about driving. And it's like, man, come on. <laughs> like yeah. go back to that observational humor that you went to that one time. Now you're just talking about shit that everybody like it's not even a funny take that they took. I don't know, whatever. We don't need to keep talking about this. But I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> Dude, this is so weird about like I've realized that so much of my life is just stand up comedy and fucking working for like a big box company like mm-hmm. that there's just not i don't live a life that i can fucking talk about so like yeah i i, I can't write opposite like i can't really because I, I like if i wanted to write jokes about fucking the like working in an office yeah i could like dude i could crush corporate gigs and be like oh you know when you send a fucking email and you shouldn't have sent it bah like fucking <laughs> <laughs> right like you just fucking relate well, i heard so i was listening, again the guy i was listening to this po- comedy podcast and they were talking about how there was this one comedian who can just go anywhere and relate to people. And I'm like, I can't relate to anybody though. Like that's like, I've my whole thing, my whole life. I've never really like particularly vibed with like swaths of people. Like I find other weirdos and then we like vibe on the idea that we're weirdos together and have our own like niche things. But I don't like, I can't go somewhere and be like, I'm one of you. Like I, I can't do that. Yeah, dude, that's why we're fucking doing the podcast together. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about, man. Some people are like so ordinary ordinary and boring. And some of the conversations I hear when I go out, I'm like, man, I I don't, I actively don't want to participate in this dumb fucking conversation. (laughs) Like, I don't even want to relate to this shit. (laughs) Not saying that everybody is that way. Sometimes there's fascinating conversations going around everywhere. But like, at least when I've been at bars and I'm like around, people that are like acquaintances and stuff that aren't my close friends just like thinking like fuck man what am i gonna get out of here this is pretty lame <laughs> yeah, like i just i don't want this like gossip yeah, some people are fucking enthralled by gossip and i i hate it i don't want ever want to participate in this kind of shit like oh do you hear what amy's doing these days i'm like i don't give a fuck man just give me the synopsis i'm not gonna talk about her like what, oh, what piece of information do you have oh what piece of information do you have i hate that shit yeah i I just want to fucking talk about fucking aliens and shit with people. And then people are like, nah, I ain't, I ain't trying to do that. And it's like, well, okay. It's like, well, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? They're like, Oh, I don't know. Well, where do you work at? And it's like, well, I work at this big company. Oh, how's yeah. that? No, that's all right. Oh, exactly. Cool. <laughs> like that's that dude. That's mostly why I think I actually like, I dig talking about cryptid so much is because it's like, I'm not fucking talking about other people. I'm not talking out of turn. I'm not talking about myself and seeming like a fucking arrogant asshole. I'm yeah. fucking talking about cool shit. And then if people don't want to talk about cool shit or like video games, like that's, I mean, that's really it is I got video games and cryptids. Hell that's fucking yeah. It. <laughs> that's another thing, man. Is like, like the video games that I play, like I play like Halo and Diablo and I don't know, another like smattering of things, but it's like, how the fuck am I going to make like a, a video game joke that, that an audience oh, yeah. is going to relate to or like know what the fuck I'm talking about without having to set it up by this stupid convoluted, like, explanation of this game it's like you could try to make it funny but it's like how are you gonna make it fun i don't know maybe it's yeah. maybe i just don't maybe you just haven't taken that angle but like how are you gonna make you could probably make like diablo funny but that'd just be like my same old like shit making fun of the devil and ghosts and stuff <laughs> so it's like i don't I even mean, need to talk about the game 
You could like incorporate the fact that he's like, yeah, I get on my fucking ghost fighting practice from kicking demon ass in Diablo. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's still, I feel like it'd still be lost on a lot of the audience because like some people oh, just yeah. don't play games at all. Exactly. It's it's same. It's like, what am I supposed to be like? You ever wake up hungover and play Slime Rancher for eight hours straight? You ever do that? <laughs> and some people would be like. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And other people are like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Slime Rancher? Let me hear. Let's explain it. What is Slime it's Rancher? Like, dude, Slime Rancher fucking rules. Yeah? Dude, I, you fucking, I'm curious. What is this? So it's a fucking game where the premise is you, you're like on a planet where it's like occupied by slimes and each slime does like its own thing and you're trying to build a farm based around like having these slimes and like different slimes eat different things that you have to find. So you have to like grow fruit or vegetables and like you have to have a chicken coop because some slimes eat meat and like at, so like you feed them and then they produce like crystals, which you use for currency to buy shit. And like certain crystals are worth more at certain points. So it's like more advantageous to be like, Oh, well I should have a lot of slimes of this type at this time. And then you have to like allocate your resources correctly. It's basically like resource allocation and like farming the game, but with like slimes and it's, Super fucking, like, not... It's a game, but it's, like, so low pressure. Like, it's just you against yourself farming slimes. And, like, the slimes have really cool designs and shit. It's so fucking fun. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like Facebook Farm Simulator or whatever those people were playing back in the day. You remember yeah, that fucking shit? Fucking Farmville, dude. <laughs> Farmville, man. What? In, I didn't... I never played that, but I saw, like, my aunts and uncles inviting me to Farmville. I'm like, if my aunts and uncles are inviting me to this video game, it must be dog shit. <laughs> like, this must be fucking terrible. I mean, it wasn't fun. <clears throat> it's just, like, it's one of those games where, like, it completely just was, like, tapping the fucking reward center of people's brains oh okay like one of those style <laughs> games where it's just it's same with like fucking bejeweled and shit where it's like hey bejeweled's fucking fun bro you think that it is but it's because you fucking win and then you're like yeah i beat a puzzle and then you go and beat the next puzzle and like yeah some of the times it's fun but like most of what you're getting the fun out of bejewel is the solution of the puzzle at all moments like you're constantly solving shit and your brain likes to solve problems the game itself is like it's whatever but like it's just it's triggering your fucking reward center that's basically what farmville was it was like mm. cool i created this row of fucking sunflowers hooray that looks fucking awesome all right now what do i want to do like you just i'm gonna you, tap on the sunflowers and get sunflower seeds or what yeah basically and then it's like all right well now i've got to you know i now i want a row of fucking potatoes all right now i got my row of potatoes like all right i need this corner and now i've got enough money to buy a new plot of land like people were spending real money on that shit too right yeah fuck that's ridiculous Woof. <laughs> Dude, the only game that's ever really gotten me like that with, like, the microtransactions and shit was fucking... I got I got fucking hooked on goddamn Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, man. Bro, that game is so overly advertised that I feel like it is just a big grift. Dude, it's fun, but, it, like, once you realize what it is, you're like, ah, fuck this. What is it? Like, you get to do some shit and then, like, you got to pay for characters or, like, you get a cooldown or what? Yeah, so it's one of those games where you can only do a certain amount of actions if like because of your energy bar and you can pay money to like refill your energy bar or like Oh you, shit. And like you like you can you can play the game completely free, but then it's like, "Hey, for $2, we'll give you five rare creatures and an energy refill." And you're like, "Well, I got fucking $2, I guess." <laughs> and then you fucking spend $2 and it gives you cool shit when you buy stuff and you're like, 
oh, well, I actually got like a ultra rare that time for the $2. Like maybe next week, you know, when it asks me again, I might do the same fucking thing. And then it doesn't happen that time. And you're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, next time. And then you just fucking next thing you know, I'm fucking dropping 60 goddamn dollars on goddamn Rain Shadow Legends. Fuck, man. Yeah, it's like gambling pretty much. But it's, but you don't get any money back from it. You just get cool pixels. Yeah, you just it's completely – I mean, it's just – I figured at that point I was like, I've dropped so many hours playing it that I was like, at, at the point of spending about $60 in total, I was like, I guess realistically, I've probably put in enough time to warrant paying $60 for a game. I could see that. I mean, I could see where it's like a free game. Like I, I, I used to do that uh, when these like free games would come out and they're like, okay, look at this dope ass skin. And uh, like, what, what's the game Valorant that I started yeah. getting into for a little while. And it was a small uh, dev team, and I was like, okay, I'll give you guys 15 bucks for a couple skins, you know, because it's a free game, and I'm going to help you guys out. But then, and then, like, the next week, a doper skin came out, and I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want to do this again. This is kind of ridiculous. I see I see what's happening. All you're doing is putting up new just pixels. That's all it is. It, does, it takes, what, like a couple fucking hours of work by a team. Just put that up there, and they're like, oh, yeah, here's $30 for this for this kind of shit. And then like Halo's doing that now and I'm I'm just kind of averse to it. I don't I don't do that shit anymore. I just play free games and then if I need to pay money for it, then I'm out, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's dude, League of Legends was another game like that where I fucking spent fuck dude, I don't know how much money I've spent on fucking League of Legends to be honest with you. I've heard people talking about that where they're like oh, I've I've dumped like 500 bucks into this game. I'm like, "Whoa, that is rough." It's It's, it's just one of those things where like it really does make you feel like you're going to play better. <laughs> it like tricks your fucking brain when you're like, "Oh, I play this character all the time. I want I want people to know that I'm about to fucking dunk." Cuz it is um, it is kind of also like having a skin kind of is like a mental thing. Like cuz you like you're playing against a character that doesn't have a skin that usually usually that indicates oh they're not very familiar with that character they're probably just trying him out because you you don't buy a skin for a character you don't play that would usually. be like the ultimate troll to, it's like a pro player goes in doesn't use a skin people are thinking that way and they just stunt on him oh yeah i mean that, hap- that happens all the time too where just like a person is like really good with the fucking person and then just doesn't have a skin and then like whops your ass yeah i could see like, that though definitely it's happened before Fuck and yeah. like i've but, like, uh, like, if there's a character that I really like, I usually am like, oh, I'll fucking spend the $20 on their fucking crazy skin, and then... That's wild that it costs that much. Holy crap. Well, it's not $20 for a skin. It's, like, usually, like... Oh. It's usually, like... Re- like, so it's, like... You, you buy crystals. You don't, like, buy the skin itself. So you buy the crystals, and then it's like, well, I've got all these F- leftover crystals, and then you can use the leftover crystals to buy, like, seasonal fucking shit that, like boosts your like way that you level up and the more that you level up you get more shit it like it is it does all give you stuff in the end but like it's all still just mostly aesthetic yeah Yeah. like yeah you know whatever that's just how games are going these days i mean if people are going to spend the money on it then and i get a game for free fuck yeah man i'll take that i just not going to participate into the uh, microtransaction thing that's all i am yeah it's uh no i it's Way fucking smarter. <laughs> Just to use it and be done when you're done using it. That's what I do. 
Yeah, but you know, people are into the cosmetic stuff. People are like, I want my gun to look dope as fuck on Halo. It's like, fine, whatever. Get I, your blue fucking gun. <laughs> it's so it's so like one of those things though where, I mean, there's it does something to your fucking brain to be like, yeah, dude, my guy looks fucking sick. No, I feel that, and I love that. Like in Halo Five, I was able to do stuff like that, but earn it in game. So I was able to do stuff in the game, and it's like, oh, here's your reward for doing all this, like, dope shit, and boom, you get a fucking cool-ass rainbow pistol. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, this rainbow pistol's a shit. I'm going to use this fucking thing. But I didn't pay any money for it. But I did pay money for the game, so it's probably the trade-off there. I don't know, whatever. You want to get start, start talking about tachyons? Yeah, fucking. <laughs> we're going to fucking geeking out about video. Like, I love how we fuck. We're like, yeah, what are we going to do? Talk about video games? And we fucking talk about video games for like 10 fucking minutes. <laughs> Start talking about stand-up comedy. We're like, hey, let's talk about uh, theoretical physics. Oh, never mind. We're going to talk about stand-up comedy. And then we're going to talk about video games. So let's actually get to the to uh, the thing we plan on talking about that you actually read a book about that I am just vaguely familiar with. Yeah, so I fucking read a book by Michio Kaku. It's, uh, let, me, let me make sure I get the correct title here so I don't fuck it up. It's uh, The Physics of the Impossible. And the whole premise of the book is Michio Kaku basically took a lot of cool science fiction shit like force fields, invisibility, teleportation, uh, time travel, all that type of shit. And he broke it down by the level of possibility and like the possible, like, the possible way that we could do it and like whether or not it would be possible in our lifetime, if at all. So he had like... He had, I think it was three levels. It was the first level, which is like we either will or will very likely see the technology in our in our future, like in our lifetime. Two, it's definitely possible, but our technology isn't quite there, and it's very unlikely we'll see it in our in our future. And three, it's extremely unlikely that it is possible. Right, like so tachyons. That, yes, tachyons were definitely on the number three scale. So for those who are uninformed, a tachyon is the theoretical or i guess hypothetical because i don't know if theoretical is the confirmed way but essentially it is the word used to represent uh something that travels faster than the speed of light but it hasn't been nothing like they haven't been discovered yet tachyons are purely in theory they are like if something were to travel faster than light we would call it a tachyon like that's basically (laughs) what it goes like what it is yeah, and then shit, shit is, like, mind-blowing because they even – I'm pulling up the uh, Wikipedia page for it right now. And, like, the representation of the particle is, like, it approaches the speed of light, and then you – if you're trying to observe this, you you can't see it. You can only see it when it's, it's approaching you, but then when it passes you, you see two particles, one moving in the opposite direction. That shit, like, why the, why the fuck is that even modeled that way? I'm not smart enough to even, real, like, understand that. Yeah, dude, it's, I don't even really know how to properly describe it without it being, like, without just, like, totally being disingenuous with what it possibly means. But essentially, the representation of uh, what a tachyon is for is largely, um, largely time travel is, tachy- is, like, what tachyons are sort of for. Because Shit. in order to, so yeah, time travel is fucked up. Because, of course. <laughs> well, so it was it's actually like I actually learned more about time travel from this book than I thought I would because I thought like, oh, I've read a, beef, a brief history of time by fucking Stephen Hawking. Like, I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on like a, 
a, a good approximation on how time travel would theoretically work. But I had like th- such a weird rudimentary understanding. So my current understanding of, or my former understanding of it was uh, the Bose Higgs on, I think it's at Bose Higg, uh, Bose Higgs, Higgs bridge. Higg, yeah. Oh, Oh wait, uh, you're talking about the Rosen, yeah, the, the, Rosen bridge. Yeah, the Einstein Rosen Bridge. I fucked. Yeah, so yeah, which is a wormhole, right? Yeah, so the wormhole essentially. Uh, so there's the wormhole at the center of a black hole, and there's a couple different ways that a black hole could be. A black hole could be a like condensed sphere of whatever the fuck. And some people think that since so when something gets smaller, it rotates. I found out. I guess like I guess that's a thing that huh. when something shrinks, it spins more quickly. So if something is spinning and it shrinks and it spins faster, so like how like if a how like a like if yeah. a, if a figure skater is spinning and they tuck in their arms, they spin like crazy faster. Isn't that called so, the conservation of energy, something like that? So uh, I'm sure that there was a phrase, but I wasn't paying attention at that part. No problem. But uh, so essentially, some people believe that it's possible uh, that rather than being a sphere that for some reason the spinning of the center of a black hole might actually form a ring. Mm. So light would theoretically be able to travel through the ring to the other side, but a tachyon would be necessary to like move farther than that. Cause like you also have the, Oh God, the, the event horizon at right. the, at which point event horizons basically time appears to stop and then your so your body either ages differently or like has or you spaghettify yeah yeah exactly like you fucking completely blow up from the feet up essentially because the way that time works your shit gets completely fucked but tachyons basically allow it so that like if we can move faster than the speed of light then we can escape the event horizon. I'm pretty sure I could be totally like misattributing some of this stuff, but like, that's my, like that is the extent of what I was able to understand from like this base level made for Americans fucking metaphysics book, which is fucking fascinating. I mean, like just the entire subject of black holes to me is fascinating. Like you got like accretion discs on the outside of a black hole, or it's just like all the shit that's like coming into it, which is like hitting the event horizon. Right. Is that, is that how that works? Yeah. It's fucking he didn't get too much like it's weird because he didn't actually get too much into black holes themselves because he was mostly talking about the like actual things like like it was like specifically like force fields and like invisibility and like stuff like that Mm. so he didn't he didn't particularly go into like the physics of black holes too much so I'll, i'll have to look more into black holes themselves but basically he went into the idea that because a black hole theoretically is spinning it could be a ring rather than just like a point which, I mean, intuitively makes sense if you look at the models and also the real-life photo that we took of a black hole a couple of years ago, that it does appear that, well, I don't know. I'm This is me speaking completely out of school, but, like, I think, like, that accretion disk on the outside, when you look at that, that black hole, there is, it appears that there's, like, a ring of light around the outside of a black hole, which apparently they're really, really bright as well, and they they also emit a lot of energy, too. Yeah, which is, which is fucking crazy that, Dude, black holes are so fuck. I I wanted. I think that so I get a I get a new credit because I use Audible for all of my books. I get a credit for Audible on January twenty sixth, so nine days. So I'm probably gonna pick up a book on black holes. I think that's my next adventure. Either that, or I'll pick up another Michio Kaku book in general. 
Oh hell yeah! I mean, Michio has a lot of a lot of books. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. He's got he's got a decent amount. Uh, he uh, just I came out with one in 2021. I know shit. What's it called? The God Equation: The Quest for a Theory of Everything. Oh yeah, I think that was the other one I was looking at. I was either gonna get the theory of or the like the theory of the the physics of the impossible, or that was the other one I was looking at. But the physics of the impossible, I think, was the highest rated that I was looking at, and it was really cool. Because it, it broke down how, like, invisibility is actually probably, like, pretty likely. And teleportation is only a two rather than a three. Ooh. And and you said two is that something that's probably going to be outside of our ability to do so inside of our lifetime? Yeah, but he said it's distinctly possible. It's just very, very difficult. So, because uh, I think they even mentioned, like, Star Trek was so aware of, um, like, the impossibility of teleportation. Because Star Trek was, like strangely trying to do their best to be as scientific as possible. And Star Trek got called out about their teleporters. So what they did to like call like to basically keep it within some sort of uh, level of believability. They, I can't remember exactly what they call them. They call it like some kind of limiter that basically like deals with the, like the paradox that like um, is caused by, uh, I think it's like, uh, oh god, what is it? The, the it's, 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 I think it's like a Heisenberg limiter or something like that that they call it because it's like hmm. because you can't oh. <laughs> because you can't predict the exact location of a particle, you can't teleport a particle to the to an exact space, especially in the same makeup. So like, actually, I think teleportation might have been a three. If I'm not, actually now that I think about it, because I think that was what was going on. It was it's so fucking hard to like not only like find the exact space of a particle, but to then transport that exact particle to another location exactly is like fucked up and then also like there's like the that whole fucking metaphysical thing where it's like if you try like yeah are they, consciousness is a rearrangement yeah. of the particles going to create another consciousness that's the exact exactly. same thing as it was do, when it left yeah do they fucking die and then get reborn and they're just cl- like in a consistent state of cloning when they don't even realize it fuck man yeah, that that's that's a that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me with teleportation cuz it's like yeah, you can rearrange the atoms and stuff like that, but I mean, for all we know, we are the same person as our life goes by. We grow in age as time goes by, but like what every 8 years all every one of your atoms is different from the one that it like from the atoms that are inside of your body from 8 years ago. So like Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, dude, like I I watched some movie recently called uh I I should know what it's called, but it's by Don Hertzfeld. Uh, the World of Tomorrow. It's a three-episode series at the moment. And uh, he has a – it's funny enough. It's, like, not part of the movie, but he has this, like, maybe 10 or 15-minute long, like, side feature about memories and how – So I think it was, like, upwards of something like 30% of our memories, if not higher, are completely not true. Oh, right. Yeah, That that is also another fascinating thing that is becoming proven – because essentially it's like your brain trying to fire the same synapses as they were when you experienced that thing. But there is that inaccuracy that exists. So you're just like emulating what actually happened in your brain. And your brain is putting pieces in there based on your own mind, you know, sub- subconsciously injecting those details into the memory. Yeah, it's fucking wild because i'm thinking like no i have pretty solid memories of when i was a kid and i just like i'm thinking now like but what like could it could it just be this approximation of what i thought happened but i'm but like i could so vividly remember like such 
like snippets of stuff. Like I'd be like, no, I know it. Like if I were to stand exactly, like I could find the exact locations where I was standing at certain points when certain things happened. But like, I wonder if it's like the opposite of deja vu where it's like your brain tricks itself into believing something happened. And like, it feels like you did. Whereas like in your memory, you like your memories are like reverse deja vu where it's like, no, this did happen. Hmm. Yeah. Deja vu is an interesting one too. Cause it's essentially what, like your hemispheres of your brain misfiring essentially. And one part of your brain's like, uh, like, Hey, experiencing this. And the other one's like, Whoa, didn't that already happen? Right. Yeah. It's super, it's like a disconnect or some, it's super, Oh, which reminds me, there's like a, uh, I, I read some, I think it was either an article I read or it was a part of the book that I was like half paying attention to where a man got some sort of traumatic head injury and believed that there was another person living in his head because there was a snap between his left hemisphere and his right hemisphere, and his brain thought that it was two people. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's wild. So, so he had, like, multiple personality disorder from a traumatic head injury. Yeah, which people think that multiple personality doesn't exist, but, like, I think hmm. that it's just it's not as it is portrayed on television. Yeah, I, I watched I went into a little deep dive about that like a couple years ago. So my memory of it is probably going to be kind of shitty, but I remember they did a an exposé from it was like back when they did not do a great job of treating people well, but it was like this girl was diagnosed with multiple personality disorder and they like interviewed her a bunch of times and her personality kept shifting and she was like becoming other people and they weren't sure if it was just her like they're like either she's the best actor in the fucking world or she's truly got this crazy ailment where she is becoming other people right in front of her eyes i don't know where it went with that because it was like such shitty science back in like i think it was like the 50s or 60s and i don't think they did a great job of documenting things or treating her well so who really knows exactly what was going on but i like was watching this video like this interview with her and it was like it it made me uncomfortable because she would go from, like, pretending to be... Well, I shouldn't say pretending, but, like, her personality shifted to, like, a little girl, and she was acting like a little kid, and then it, like, shifted into, like, this hypersexualized like, adult female. Because she was... I think she was, like, 20-something at the time. But it was really weird. It was strange, man. It was a really interesting thing. I, I don't have to look that up. But multiple personality things. I thought that that was kind of... Uh, I didn't know that they, that, that was not a uh, established science. Or, I guess, diagnosis, I should say. Yeah, like, so... The- Multiple personality disorder, I think, is now more. I, th- I think that it leans more toward uh, the what they're calling like. Uh, 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 it's not bipolar depression. Fuck. Um, I know the word for it, but I can't fucking think. A borderline personality disorder is what it's called. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so borderline personality disorder is now the more generalized phrase rather than saying like multiple personality disorder. Because I know that there are some people that have BPD and, like, some people with BPD are more, like, they they can't regulate their emotions. So, it almost seems like there's a couple of different things. But then there are some people who, like, have a dissociative personality disorder, which is hmm. under the umbrella of borderline. I could be totally wrong. And if anybody fucking listens to this and is, like, these fucking idiots, we're not, <laughs> we're not mental health experts. But I just – I as somebody who is mentally ill, I do a little bit of my own research to try to figure out what the fuck I got going on in my brain because I refuse to pay somebody to fix it. <laughs> that, I mean, that's hell. <laughs> whatever, man. I mean, not whatever. That's so dismissive. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the so it's a bipolar thing. So it's just like a fluctuation of the of someone somebody's emotions or like their 
their uh, dopamine levels are changing in their brain and all the other fucking you know serotonin. No, so I, th- I think I think that borderline personality and bipolar are different, if I'm not mistaken, because bipolar is like more of a mood regulatory thing, whereas bi- okay. uh, whereas borderline personality is like it's more like a lot of the actions are more regulated like because bipolar people will have like moments of like hypermania or like depression and they'll those will be more uh like usually like this is you know this is like obviously it's a spectrum but like the general thing is like you'll have like periods where it's like you'll have like a three weeks where you're depressed and then like maybe like a you'll have a point where you're kind of like coming back to regular and then you might have like one or two or three weeks of hypermania where you're fucking super energized and making impulsive decisions and like make doing mm. too much. Like, and you just kind of fluctuate between like, like depressed or fucking manic. And that's why it's, it used to be called yeah. manic depressive or manic depression. Cause it, it was more notable for people that like, cause if you had depression, like people just like, Oh, like he has this depression. And then it's called manic depression. Cause it was depression with manic phases. But then they're like, Oh no, like this is like your fucking mood should be normal. Like you should be like regulated. It shouldn't be either. It shouldn't be like you're depressed with periods of mania. It's like both are clearly the problem. So they changed it to bipolar. Cause it wasn't just mm. depression with periods of mania. Man. Yeah. That, it makes a lot of sense why people need to be medicated for that kind of thing. Well, oh, yeah. need to, should be, you know, yeah, I mean, if if you're if like if it's affecting your life, I you know like I said, I'm not a fucking doctor, I'm not a fucking mental health expert, but well, my heart goes out to you if if you're listening yeah. to this and you have that. That's that's a definitely a difficult thing to deal with, but you know, we should probably uh, get out of this. Getting kind of uh, serious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking how do, uh how do we even get? Oh yeah, because I just oh we're talking about fucking brain hemispheres and shit. Oh right, yeah. So. Man, I'm having, I don't know what happened to my brain. I'm having a tough time coming up with like ideas talked about with uh, theoretical physics and stuff like that. Um, bro, yeah, I, something that I learned about recently that blew my mind is it's not really theoretical physics. It's, it's, uh, I think it's hard physics, but the behavior of electrons or electricity when you turn on a light switch or you just like engage any sort of, um, electrical out, like, you know, you turn a foot, you turn a switch on and you, allow whatever is being received like the receiver to get energy right um so conventionally or i guess like intuitively you'd think that the electrons are are traveling along the wire that are sending that there right yeah is how i i i thought about it well what's actually happening is that there is a field like a electromagnetic field around the wires and when you flip on a switch it is it's exciting the field around the wires and there's a transfer of energy from that field into the wires that go into the receiver. So it's not like you're sending a linear path of electrons and sending energy from, you know, point A to point B is going to take as long as it takes to go through this like wire or whatever. You could have like a twisted up crazy mangled wire that if you measured it, it would take X amount of time for the speed of light to get through that wire that that breaks down because you're actually just exciting the field around the wire and it's just a straight shot. It's literally just the the direct distance between the the emitter and the receiver for the for the electricity. Isn't that fucking nuts? That is strange. I I had no idea that I yeah. that actually blows my mind. Dude, that kind of stuff, it like I I watched a video, I read some stuff about it and that stuff is way more complicated than I ever thought it would be. And I, I sent it to my electrician buddy and I was like, what do you think about this? He's like, dude, even I didn't know this. This is fucking wild. 
it's like that's that's crazy because he's like going to school to be an electrician he's like going through all the coursework and he's getting his i think he's a journeyman now or uh, maybe no wait i think he's above that it, it, it doesn't matter he's going to school to study how electricity fucking works so he doesn't die and then he can actually hook up people's houses with electricity and yada 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 and that like that aspect of it that the how it actually works in the physical world is just not really taught they're like well you plug this in here you plug that in here and it works but the actual like movement of the energy how it gets from point a to point b is not really generally generally known by the public which i think is super fucking interesting yeah i mean i fucking my dad's an electrician and i never fucking knew any of this shit yeah you should ask him about that because i, might have to I mean up. yeah it might be something where he's like shut the fuck up it's just it goes through the wire what are you talking about but uh, I can share with you the, it's a Veritasium video, but the, like I have utmost respect for that dude. It's the same guy that taught us about Cosmic Ray. Cosmic fucking Ray. <laughs> also to, uh, to correct myself. So I thought, I said that I thought that, um, that teleportation was a class three. Uh, turns out it was a class one. Wait, we can do it. It turns out that, uh, uh it is potentially likely that we will see teleportation in our lifetime. I mean, I've heard of like uh, quantum com- uh, quantum c- uh, communication, otherwise known as quantum teleportation, wherein like a BuzzFeed article will call it quantum teleportation to try to get dads and fucking forty-five-year-old moms to click on it. But realistically, it's just a quantum com- quantum computation through uh, quantum entanglement, wherein it's like a so you know the entanglement relationship, the entangled relationship between two. Um, quantumly entangled, not to be redundant, but two quantumly entangled particles can communicate faster than the speed of light, essentially through the you know the quantum web or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, wherein you spin one, quote unquote spin. It's not like literally spinning. It's called spin. You're changing one one particle, and the other particle changes uh, antithetically to the other, not antithetically, but opposite of the other particle. So you can communicate. Uh, essentially faster than the speed of light using that. So I could see that kind of thing, but how do you upscale from the quantum level? Like, that's the thing that I don't even know if anybody fucking has any idea how we can do. It's... Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, how, does, uh, how does Michio... Uh, Michio... Or is it Michio or Michio Kaku? Michio, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm, I think it's Michio Kaku. Okay, yeah. So how does he describe how teleportation could potentially be a viable technology i'd have to re-listen to the fucking thing again because i was pretty sure i'm i think i must have I'm, i must have misattributed some information there because i definitely thought that he was saying that it was not possible yeah i i, I mean i don't know i i've done some i've done some reading I, obviously it's like i'm barely understanding this stuff about quantum <laughs> uh, mechanics oh yeah but... and then we and then i fucking got both of our minds blown by the idea of motherfucking negative mass aka negative matter which yeah, is different that, than negative energy or antimatter or dark yeah. energy, right? Yeah, dark energy. Yeah, it's different than dark energy. It's different than antimatter. It's the opposite of it's something that has a negative mass, which is completely only hypothetical. I'm pretty sure. So, in theoretical physics, negative mass is a type of exo- exotic matter whose mass is is of opposite sign to the mass of normal matter. For example, negative one kilograms, such matter would violate one or more energy conditions and show some strange properties such as the oppositely oriented acceleration or negative mass. It is used in certain speculative hypothetical technologies such as time travel to the past. So you would yeah. need to harness negative mass in order to go back in time. Essentially, It was also 
I think he mostly brought it up during uh, Perpetual Motion Machines too. That was a that was a class three. Perpetual Motion is at this point seemingly pretty much impossible. Right, because you have to have a source of energy to be able to. <laughs> you have to have. Yeah, there's no way that some something can just continue moving with just one input. Like you need to have continuous input in order for something to keep going, or it's going to slow down, and stop. Yeah, it's it just seems like it, right? Those perpetual motion devices that people you know, like display, it just seems like it. But then if you let it go long enough, it's going to stop. Oh yeah, there's there was like um, there's a million dollar. Or no, or, or uh, I'm thinking of something else. But uh, funny thing about so fun fact. Uh, perpetual motion machines are the only thing that you need to have a working model to get a patent for in the United States. What does that mean? So a lot of other things you can get a patent off of like blueprints or like, uh, like, like a diagram that would like, like scientifically seem to work a perpetual motion machine. You have to have a working model for it to be a approved for a U.S. patent because so many fucking charlatans, were like uh. presenting them to like the president and shit like that back in like the like whenever the fuck that the US patent fucking agency or whatever the fuck was like no more fucking perpetual motion machines like it can't be <laughs> fucking done because people were like basically being like magicians with it like mm-hmm. this dude set up a fucking plane and a ba- he's like he had some room like that he had a bunch of hidden mnemonic tubes that were firing bursts of air for this like airplane thing to like fly around on. He's like, look, it's flying around all on this like energy thing that I created. It's a perpetual motion machine. And like, it give me a grant means, and I'm going to yeah. disappear. <laughs> That's dude. He fucking swindled people out of like, I think they said it was like, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was at least over a hundred million back in even like way back then when a hundred million would have been like fucking insane. Yeah, probably it'd probably has to like be a billion dollars now. Yeah, dude, it was like homeboy fucking made out like a bandit, and I think that he only went to jail for like twenty years. Only twenty years. He's probably dead at that point. Oh yeah, pretty but much it, fucked. Dude, with that much money though, you'd figure that you'd never go to jail. Like you'd fucking just be like, "I'm out. <laughs> I'm leaving." You'd, you'd think so, but I think that's probably why like get winning the lottery probably doesn't give you the amount of power that some of these, you know, powerful individuals that have money over time that have established relationships where they can just do whatever the fuck they want. Cause they have people in their pockets and shit. He probably just didn't have guy. enough time with his money, dude. <laughs> I feel like also probably he stole from enough people that the people who had the money to give him were like, uh, no, yeah, let's like find Charles this Ponzi. fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. It's like Charles Ponzi. They're like, where the fuck is this motherfucker at? He stole all of our goddamn money. Or it's like the yeah. Enron guy, right? Enron fucking was, dude. I, I, I had to learn about Enron. I had to learn about Enron in my uh, in one of my business communication classes. And yeah. basically, what I understood from Enron is essentially they just like continued to lie about how much money they made. Like they just made up having money. From what is like the like breakdown of it is like they. So they made, so they had money, and then they would create companies that they would own, that they would pretend were third-party companies, that the third-party companies were then paying them. So what they were showing as profit was just like inflated, like nonsense. Because it's like a company that you own can't create a profit for you if it's just like 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that was only like a, not that long ago. Was it like 50 years it was like ago? The, it was like the 90s. I, dude, oh, I saw damn. Fucking, that was 30 years ago. Shit. I saw the dopest fucking shirt. I wanted it so bad. It was like Enron 1993 intern or some shit like that. Oh, nice, dude. It, whoa, it went defunct in 2001. It was actually way more recently than I thought it was. Oh, no shit. It was 2001. But yeah, dude, it was... They made that a... Uh, well, they didn't make... So, Fun with Dick and Jane was actually based around an old, like, 1940s movie. I found that out recently. But uh, they also, like, sort of based it around the Enron thing. Which is funny enough, Enron actually was only, like... When was Fun, Fun with Dick and Jane? It was, like, 2009 or some shit, I want to say. I, I didn't like, watch ma- that movie. You never watched Fun with Dick and Jane? No. No, it's a is lot it of good? fun. It's a Jim Carrey. It's a Jim Carrey movie. So it's. A, I mean, if you like Jim Carrey, it's a fun movie. I think we've already established. I don't really appreciate Jim Carrey because he fucking that. Uh, he was like, oh, God damn it, who's um, who do you pretend to be? Oh, um, it's a fucking classic stand-up comedian. It was two thousand five. Was fun with it was fun with Dick and Jane, but um, yeah, it was. Oh, what damn it. I always forget his goddamn name, and he's, like, such a... Oh, I gotta fucking Google it right now. <laughs> I can't remember. We're gonna look like fools name. on our fucking comedy podcast, goddamn it. Hey, I've already established that I am bad at bad at uh, watching stand-up and stuff. I have not watched this guy's stuff, but... Man. Um, fuck, what was his name, dude? Andy Kaufman. Yeah, he pretended to be Andy Kaufman to Andy Kaufman's parents, and that really bothered me, so... I have yeah. a I have a bad taste in my mouth about Jim Carrey, but I mean I do I do really like a lot of Jim Carrey's films, but like him as a person, I have uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. That just really bothers me. Like, how could you stand in front of somebody's some some kid, some guy that died, his parents, and pretend to be him and be like, "Hey, it's me. I'm your son." And they're like, "What the fuck, dude? This is crazy as shit." I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. It's... <laughs> I respect for Jim Carrey as the actor comedian, but as a person, that bothered the fuck out of me. Yeah, method is weird. Like, method acting just seems too tryhardy. Like fucking Jared Leto pulling that nonsense. Oh yeah, trying to be the Joker, sending like fucking dead rats and shit to his co like, yeah co stars. That's wild. And like used condoms to fucking like cast members. It's like ah, I'm the Joker. I'm in character, and it's like you had like a fucking five minute bit in Suicide Squad. Shut your fucking <laughs> mouth. That's right. Yeah, you didn't even. You, nobody even liked his character either. Yeah, no, dude, it was so fu- like, it was all around bad. It was a, it was a small bit part in this fucking movie. The Joker model looked like shit. His acting was garbage, and he just acted like a piece of shit. It was like, dude, even Ledger didn't fucking was not like method for fucking the Joker in like one of the most incredible performances ever. And he just did a goddamn good job. Yeah, dude. Fucking Ledger. Dude, that movie fucking so good. Another person, another, uh, I mean, great actor, you know, whatever. Same kind of treatment that I have for Jim Carrey. It's like utmost respect for what they've done in their career. But the actions that they take when they're not on film, it's like, give me a fucking break. Is Daniel Day-Lewis? Have you heard the stories about during the filming of My Left Foot, right? He was like a paraplegic guy or something like that. I yeah, I he never, never left his movie. wheelchair. Yeah, but then he he made people pick him up and stuff and pretend to be limp. It's like, well, you are a fully capable human being. You don't need to do this. Is this really yeah. is this really going to accentuate your performance that much by making other people's lives harder around you? Yeah, that's like, the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't. My legs don't work. They're like, Daniel, 
you're fucking Daniel. You're not the guy from the fucking movie, dude. He's like, no, I am. I am that guy. It's like, wow. That's almost, yeah. it seems disrespectful to me. But Method I guess. That's weird. Also, like, yeah, okay, Daniel Day-Lewis, you're a good actor. Fucking chill out, though. Yeah. Like, he's, did you ever watch, a, did you ever watch, um, oh, not Scarlet Letter. What's that fucking, not, ah. Oh. No, it's not Scarlet Letter. The fucking movie about the the Puritans, The Crucible. No, I have not. You never watched The Crucible? Uh-uh. What's that about? It's this fucking movie. It's like back in like the Pilgrim Ages or whatever the fuck. And uh, basically, that he's like, it's around the Salem Witch Child time, and he is like adultering with somebody's daughter, I guess. And Oof. don't tell that me person, he, like, like diddled kids or something. No, no. Like by daughter, I mean like she was like 19 and his wife oh. was like 25. Like, gotcha. Okay. But like, so, so like the person who uh, finds out, like accuses them of being a witch. And the whole point of the book is like, he doesn't want to like, they would let him live. If he would admit to being a witch so that they could, like, unwitch him or whatever. And he won't because he's his whole thing is, like, no, like, I, I won't admit to a lie. Even though, like, he doesn't really have a lot to stand on because he's a fucking adulterer. So, like, it's this whole weird thing. And there's also, like, the, so the, it's, I think it is completely about the Salem Witch Trials. Because there's also, like, it brings up how basically the children were just, like basically lying to like because they got caught doing like some like voodoo stuff with the slave woman tichuba because like i think that like voodoo it was like voodoo was like a thing still i believe like around i think voodoo was like around during the salem witch trial i could be totally fucking wrong but i think they were like doing some like voodoo dance with uh their slave tichuba or i don't know if she was a slave at the time i I think so but like they got caught and then the girls like lied and said that she was a witch so that this look woman and then like that was how like the salem witch child just like got out of control so then he fucking i don't know why i'm explaining the plot to the fucking crucible but basically da- daniel day lewis is in it and i think that he did the same shit where he dressed in period and talked in period and it's just like dude just fucking do it everyone else is doing fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, just chill the fuck out bud like come yeah. on man everyone yeah, it's else like, can handle this daniel day lewis was lincoln like what the in that uh, movie i never watched that movie but apparently he did a great job but is he like walking around like I am the president of the United States? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I need to sign these documents. It's like, bro, go back to your fucking trailer and be an actor. You're Just not the fucking, fucking president. Chill, dude. Like <laughs> he's like, shoot me in the fucking head. <laughs> Try it. I need to die. I'm dude. Lincoln. Like, fuck, Method dude, just doesn't relax. make sense to me. Like no, that, to me, it almost makes you a worse actor. <laughs> To me, it just makes me think that you're just a fucking crazy narcissist where you really think that your fucking acting role is that important where you are you are inconveniencing people around you by pretending to be somebody that doesn't exist or somebody that doesn't exist, does not exist, exist now, you know? Yeah. Like, come on. It's Yeah, and also it's just like, dude, if you have to pretend, if you have to like live your life as a character rather than acting, I don't feel like you're an actor. I feel like... I feel like that's like a. I feel like you're a bad actor. I could be totally fucking insulting some people right now, but I feel like method is like, dude. If, if you're fucking, if you have to like live your life to be that rather than like turn off 
turn on and off like your acting skills i feel like that, that means you're just kind of not a super great actor i kind of feel that because you know so many other good character actors can just snap and become that thing but it's like dude i need at least six months to be able to become this person and you know what i'm gonna fuck your whole life up when you're working with me because i'm gonna pretend to be this fucking nonsense person and uh, you're gonna have to carry me around fuck you yeah like <laughs> Jim carrey fucking was like shitty the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah dude that it did it bothers me to my core like if i had a like i'm just trying to imagine like if i had a child and they rose to stardom and then they passed away, you know, during the under the circumstances that Kaufman died of. And then somebody comes up out of nowhere and they're also some some rising star and then they're pretending pretending to be your son. Like wouldn't you want to punch that motherfucker in the face? Like wouldn't you get wouldn't you be upset? It's like, why are you doing this to me? Like you're not my son. And stop hugging me and calling me dad. Like that's so fucking insane. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess maybe just those people have a different perspective on life. They probably just, they probably, it's just probably that egocentricity of like, where they're like, what is important because I'm involved in it. What if I, I just got like super dude. method and pretended to be another member of the Des Moines comedy scene? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just, I just like got super method and just like acted like I was a different person in the comedy scene, but like not for a role or anything, but just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm Sid Juwaker now. What's up? <laughs> and you're like, fuck you, man. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Matt. I'll be. I'll become Matt Jacobson. Yeah, there you go. Shave your head. <laughs> <laughs> Wear a lot of denim. Get that fucking baldy though. Walk around okay. and be like, hey, I'm Matt Jacobson. Matt would be like, what the fuck? And you're like, dude, no, I'm Method. It's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but for what? Oh, just, I'm just doing, I'm just being Method right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Method. I'm, I'm Matt Jacobson. Who are you? I'm Ma- I'm, I'm Matt Jacobson. No, I'm Matt Jacobson. <laughs> Fucking, that'd be incredible. Matt would be like, fine, fine, go up there trying to do my jokes. Can you, can you do that? Can you fucking do I that? Just, like, I just go out there and I I am just do you. his fucking, just do his act. <laughs> Just re- just secretly record all of his sets and then just practice it day in and day out and then just become him. Dude, I, if that happened, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, you maniac? This is psychotic. <laughs> but, dude, if it happens in L.A., though, it's it's beautiful. It's an art form. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> God. Anyways, I think that I got to fucking bounce and we just hit an hour here. So, uh, yeah. Make sure you're going over to thepunandgame.com where you can find such podcasts as Fun Pun Gaming, Not Worth the Time, and of course, my personal favorite, Who Gives a F, as well as returning classic things about stuff and no rational thought. And you know it, you love it, dropping every Tuesday fucking empty parlor with myself and Mr. Jeff Flinch. Also, make sure you check out my two archived podcasts, Mustard Jamboree and No Rational, not No Rational Thought, Mustard Jamboree mm. and The Grove. And also, you make sure you check out the Pun and Game Teespring where you can find all sorts of dope motherfucking Pun and Game gear, including empty parlor shirts hell yeah see you guys peace peace